It is time to check in with Vaughn Palmer with the Vancouver Sun. Find out what things look like from Victoria. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. And that is a really interesting NDP leadership race we had there for a week. <laughs> uh, what do we do now? It feels like it went by so quickly. God. <laughs> so, yeah, I had two candidates that were talked about as being, you know, the front runners. Uh, and yesterday, Ravi Kalon, one of them, uh, announced he's not running and endorsed David Eby. And I think most of us standing on the sidelines watching this thing are going, well, there's nobody else in the field or even in the rumor mill that could challenge either of those. So, um, hmm, <laughs> it looks like David Eby is going to be the 37th Premier of British Columbia when the NDP gets around to picking him as leader because he'll be replacing John Horgan, and that makes him Premier. Oh, and it's funny, when I saw that yesterday, and then I thought, did I miss where yeah. David Eby actually said he's running? No. But no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, this is, <laughs> talk about preemptive. Yeah, you've, you've endorsed the guy and effectively, uh, you know, given him the advantage, the uphill. I, it's hard to imagine a scenario where David Eby uh, won't win this thing. Uh, Kalon says, you know, he, he put it out on social media yesterday that he was not running and said for family reasons, and I think we can believe him on that. He said he phoned Eby the night before and said, I'm encouraging you to run. If you run, you've got my support 100%. I don't think he would have done that if he weren't well aware that, you know, EB is lining up endorsements in the NDP caucus and got an organization together and giving every sign getting ready to announce a bit. Right, and I found it interesting, too, that Ravi Kalan's reasons why he wasn't going to be running, very similar to, to the reasons David Eby gave last time around when he didn't run. That's right. In 2013, when the leadership came open, David Eby was sort of regarded as a giant killer. You remember in that year's election, he had beaten Christy Clark in her own riding in Vancouver Point Grey, forced Clark to seek a seat in the House in the Okanagan. Uh, Eby was very active uh, on the left, uh, former head of what, Civil Liberties, had an alliance, and, and uh, was putting together an organization. <clears throat> and then uh, it was apparent he was going to become a dad. Uh, he and his fiancée uh, were going to have their first child, and Eby made the family call. He phoned up John Horgan, who at that point was not sure he was going to run for the leadership, and Eby said, I'm not running. Uh, I think you should run. I think you could win, and I'll support you. Uh, Horgan did run. He, he got a lot of support from other people, but E.B. took himself out of the running for family reasons. Um, you know, it didn't mean, it didn't rule out that he couldn't run someday in the future, and that was one thing that Ravi Kalon supporters were pointing to yesterday, Jill. They were saying, this isn't the end of the road for Ravi Kalon. It just means that this isn't the right time for her, him to seek the leadership. And that, yes, you're right, echoes what Evie himself did in 2013. And so at this point, uh, like you were saying, it seems like it's over before it even really started. But do you think, will there be any other candidates? Is anybody going to kind of throw their, their name in there just to, just to do it? Yeah, I think the party would, would sooner not have another acclamation. I think they would like to have a leadership race just because it, you know, it leads to sign up of new members. It does allow people to come out and start talking about issues again. It generates media and public attention. So I think all of that goes on. And, I, and there are some cabinet ministers who will possibly run. 
for profile. There may even be a backbencher. One of the things that people are asking is how big is the entry fee going to be? So I think the last time the New Democrats charged $15,000, so you have to go out and raise that money. Um, if it's $15,000, I think people go. There was a rumor mill was, no, it might be 30000 Well, if the party doesn't want any other candidates, make the entry fee as high as you want. So the rules aren't out for the leadership yet, and I think that's one reason why nobody's announced. They want to see those. But, yeah, I think it's possible um, Bowen Ma will run. She was out on social media yesterday. She's posted a video on what she wants to see in the next leader, and I there's one interesting response to it, Jill, was somebody who said, well, why don't you run? You know, if you want to push climate action and all the other issues she lists, um, you know, why tell some other leader, some other leadership candidate what they want, you know, what you want from them? Uh, the race is open. Run yourself. So that's possible. Uh, Nathan Collin may run, former federal MP, representing the North. Another possibility, Josie Osborne, uh, the Municipal Affairs Minister. So there are some possibilities out there. One name, Jill, as you know, that was circulating was the mayor of Port Coquitlam, Brad West. He has a, an unusually high profile for a mayor and um, also very outspoken. He's, it, I think the reason a lot of people were circulating his name is because he's outspoken, populist reminds some people of uh, younger John Horgan. So I think that's why you heard his name. I gather he has passed the word that, you know, he's not even in provincial politics yesterday. He's probably running for mayor of Port Coquitlam this year. It's too soon for him to jump into the provincial arena. So I don't think that candidate is there. Um, a lot of us have had emails saying, why aren't you mentioning the name of Mike Farnworth? He's held in high regard in the party. A lot of people like him. I have two reasons. One, he's exactly the same age as John Horgan, who said it's time for a new generation. And I think Farnworth's been in the House more or less continuously, Jill, uh, for 30 years. I think he's looking at retirement next time. If he gives up his seat, you know, here's a domino, uh, a trail of dominoes. If he gives up its seat, it's Port Coquitlam. If Brad West is thinking of moving to the provincial arena, maybe the opportunity will be there for him at the next election. Right. And and same reasons there as well, I would think, too, or at least factoring in also the Brad West also has a very young family, and yep. next time around might be better timing. Yep, uh, that's a good point, Jill. Uh, I think that would be a factor. Yes, young family. Look, I, I mean, in this day and age, when a politician like Kalon, who's able and ambitious, tells you that this is not the right time for their family, believe it. Um, these are. This is a sobering time for a parent with a young family to get into politics in general, the premier's job is 24-7, and look, you don't want to make a big deal of it, but the fact is that uh, premiers can attract the wrong kind of protests on their doorstep. It happened to John Horgan, it happened to Christy Clark, it happened to Gordon Campbell. So, you know, these, these can be really ugly times to be in politics. So, Kay Long's got a 12-year-old son. He says he's, being a dad is very important. Uh, the son is on the verge of becoming a teenager, and his family just isn't ready. And, again, I say believe him. And, frankly, even though we need people committed to public service, admire him. 
if you're not ready to go into politics, if you haven't really looked it in the eye, what it, and I mean politics to be premier, if you've not looked it in your the eye and realized what it entails, you're probably making a mistake. Yeah, good good point. So what does this mean, though, for, for David Eby as far as his role uh, in the cabinet and, and going then to become the leader? That, that's a good question. If it's going to be a coronation, where's the king? Right? Like, why <laughs> didn't he just come out and say, I'm running and it'll be all over? Uh, look, John Horgan laid down the rule to the cabinet last week. If you run, if you're a minister and you run, you have to step aside as a minister. That was not the rule. Back in the 90s, the NDP had two of these leaderships uh, races, and they didn't insist on it for Glenn Clark. Uh, he, he was a cabinet minister up to the day he was made premier. They didn't insist on it for Rujal Dosanjh. He was attorney general up to the day he became premier. But Oregon has laid down the rule. And so Eby's got a lot of unfinished business as housing minister and attorney general. Um, if it's, you know, there's no rush to jump in now, especially when they haven't even said what the rules are. So I think uh, the combination of not having the rules and the premier's requirement that he'd have to step aside as a minister means that, it, you know, it may be a couple more weeks before David Eby jumps in. Interesting. All right. And uh, Vaughn, one more uh, quick uh, note. Uh, the BCGEU, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, this is not uh, not cooling off. It's heating up. Man, this is getting ugly. So the BCGEU has accused the NDP government of engaging in bargaining tactics worthy of a right-wing government or a corporation. So the complaint is that, as we talked about it yesterday, the government released its bargaining position to the union, its offer to the union, in an attempt to go over the heads of the bargaining committee to the members and saying, hey, this is a pretty good deal, why don't you go for it? So the union has pushed back really sharply and said, that's an unfair bargaining tactic. Uh, okay, the union released the, bar- the government's bargaining position a while back, but they're saying it's unfair, and they're stirring up their membership against the New Democrats. I would say, just looking at it from where I am, I said this to you yesterday, when they're bargaining in public, you know they're not getting anywhere at the table. I don't see how the government's release of that bargaining position really helped them at all in these talks. I think it makes it even more likely that we're headed for significant job action by public sector employees. And uh, also uh, raises the question of, well, Vince Reddy can never retire because uh, <laughs> no. he, he may be called to help Call in this as well. Reddy, yeah, Vince, <laughs> yeah, you might want to, you know, the government's probably got him on speed dial already. So, yeah, I mean, legendary labor negotiator, and he recently uh, settled that sea uh, to sky labor dispute. Uh, yeah, I, I would think that it may take that. Again, when one side is accusing the other of this kind of thing, this kind of very nasty you know, right-wing rhetoric, uh, I, you, just, you just don't know how they get back to the table on any good terms. They're, they may well need a mediator now to settle this thing. All right. Uh, we will wait and see what happens next, uh, the next volley in that one. Vaughn, thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye, Jill.